Welcome to our podcast, Doing It Right. This podcast reveals authentic stories from successful leaders doing it right. It's about their journey to become a leader, their choices, motivations, and lessons. In essence, how they built successful personal brands. Your host is Valerie Sokolowski, author of eight leadership books and nationally known as an authority on executive presence and personal branding. Let's get started. Here's Valerie. Well, hi to you all out there, as we say in Dallas, Texas. This show is going to be a little different. You know, as I do keynote speeches and training programs across the country, I have begun asking people, and I am asking you, if you have someone you think ought to be on the show that you know is doing it right as a leader, you just need to let me know and I'll look into it. Well, I was talking to a gentleman uh, here in Dallas that I was doing some coaching with, who happens to be in the studio today. I'll tell you about that in a minute. And he is an executive who's passionate about leadership. He is one at a senior level executive uh, role at American Airlines. And we just were talking about the importance of creating leaders in our country who are doing it right and who are maintaining their values and who really do care about the people and all the things you know this show is about. And so that was the impetus of the young lady who is going to be on the show today. Amanda Landers is only 24 years old and happens to be Mark Lloyd's daughter. And as he was bragging about his daughter, he said, and at 24 years old, in her first leadership role, she received an emphatically impressive new award. So I want to welcome Amanda from Seattle, Washington. Amanda, hi. How are you this morning? I'm great, Valerie. How are you? Thanks for being on the show and all the chit-chat we had ahead of time about you. And I would love for you to start out and just tell us, at this young age, in this new role at Pan, uh, Pan America Hospitality Hotels in Seattle, Washington, you won something that's, I think, incredible, and that's why you're on the show. Tell us about it. Yeah, so I was awarded Washington Hospitality Leader of the Year Award in November of 2018. Feels like yesterday. Um, So everyone could nominate whoever they wanted in the entire state of Washington in the hospitality industry. And one person received the award, and that one person was me. So did you have any clue that this was even in the works I had no idea at all. I was just head down doing my job, loving what I was doing. And then all of a sudden, you know, I got pulled into our general manager's office and I was like, oh, here we go. What did I do? And they pulled up an email that said that I was nominated for an award. I was like, oh, that's amazing. They wanted me to go to this dinner and they they kept telling me like, it's not, it's not for sure that you're going to get it. You know, there's a lot of different people, um, but we want to go and support you. But my parents flew in and we bought a whole table for the hotel. And so I was so nervous that I wasn't going to get it. And then everyone was going to be there (laughs) and witness me not getting it. 
And then it turns out that all along, everyone knew that I was getting the award and they kept it a secret from me for a month and a half until my, finally my name was called at the dinner. It was great. That's, that's, congratulations. That's a big, big deal. Mark, how did you feel about your daughter at age 24? I mean, you're a senior leader. You've been doing this for many, many years. And here at 24, she wins an award right out of the block. It, it was crazy. I mean, <laughs> certainly very, very proud of all my daughters. Yeah. Each one taking a different path in life. How many do you have? Three. Three daughters. So uh, Amanda was the one that stepped into the leadership role earliest. Uh, which is, is the way she's always done it in life. Uh, but it's fantastic to be recognized at the state level uh, for, for doing it right. For doing it right, for so, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, couldn't be prouder. Well, um, I think the two of you look really alike. I'm seeing you here in the studio, and I'm seeing Amanda on the screen, and there's quite a resemblance there. Do all the daughters look like you, or is mom in there anywhere? <laughs> Uh, certainly they have mom's hair. Most of them do. <laughs> Thankfully for that, it would have bald, bald daughters. <laughs> I, uh, I know in talking with you, you know, before this and, and working with you, Mark, I know that you have done some incredible things in leadership, and I want to ask you in a moment about that. But back to Amanda. Amanda, what is it about um, this award and vetting you to even be nominated? What What are the things that you had to do to win the award? You know, what really I had to do was I had to show myself as a true leader. And I was nominated by my director of human resources. Um, unbeknownst to me, you know, we've always kind of talked about, you know, me just climbing up the ranks as fast as I could. You know, I just moved to Seattle on a whim, got this job on a whim, and all of a sudden I became who I am. I don't know how it happened, but really it was just me saying yes to everything I could, trying to grow, trying to learn, and taking on multitudes of tasks. That everyone was like, oh, slow down, girl, slow down. But I couldn't. I just wanted to keep going. And and that's exactly what uh, got me into this nomination was because I wouldn't stop. I wouldn't stop learning, and I just wanted to keep growing. You know, you've mentioned a couple of really interesting things, Amanda. As we talked, I always like to get from the person I'm interviewing the, the pearls of wisdom that you would give to anyone, and you've just said a couple of them. Say yes. Tell us more about <laughs> say yes, because... In my career, at your age, I was so overwhelmed by saying yes. How do you balance not saying no? <laughs> <laughs> I, it's so hard, and especially with this generation, all the time people are saying work-life balance and make yeah. sure you're not taking on too much. Um, you, know, you might not be ready for this. You're too young. Um, but I don't care. I say yes um, when I know that I can do something, when I know I have the support um, to to do these things, whether it be my husband supporting me, working more hours, or my company supporting me and, and letting me try something new. Um, it's just, it's really just all about saying yes, because then you are telling everyone, you're telling your company, you're telling the world that you want to do this, you want to be here. And that is so much more important than just saying like, no, no, you can handle that one. I'll take a step back. But saying yes is saying like, yes, I'm invested in you. 
I will absolutely help you clean that toilet. I will absolutely stay extra so that you can, you know, spend some time, put your makeup on. But it's, you know, saying no is just, it hurts yourself. It hurts the company. It hurts the culture. But if you can just say yes as much as possible, and if you have to say no, I never say no. I always just say, not right now, but what can I do instead? That's that's good wisdom at any level. It really is. So, Mark, I'm sure that the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. What did you notice about Amanda growing up that um, you're not, you said, so surprised that she won that award? Yeah, yeah, you know, certainly from her earliest days, even in elementary school, she wanted to run for every office that was available oh. in school. She She wanted to be at the front of the pack wherever it was. Uh, in in band, she wanted to be first chair, and uh, she always had a very competitive streak. And her competition was herself more mm. than anything. And so you could you could tell early on that uh, she was she was going to be blazing a trail. And and that's what leadership is is really defining the new path and not just keeping things between the lines. Well, you know that's a perfect transition to what you're experiencing now. Here you are, a senior executive leader at American. And um, what is it that you're seeing this this transformation that's going on as a leader? What are you seeing is happening, and how how are you taking part in it? Well, certainly, uh, since our merger, we're we're uh, looking to uh, really have a new focus on on what the American Airlines brand is going to be all about, and uh, we're really focused on on caring for the employees, caring for the customers, and mm-hmm. and just be. Cr- creating a more caring environment uh, so it doesn't come with a, a recipe book of what no. to do Mm-mm. so we continue to to um, you know try and and see if things are working and adapt if they don't uh, and be agile enough to try something different if, it, if it's not working out for us very well that is such a huge transformation across a huge amount of people. Absolutely. And you know, Mark, in working with you, I want to say kudos to the, some of the things that you're doing differently. Um, one of the things that struck me that's so much like Amanda, just taking the ball and moving it along without necessarily staying in the guidelines. So tell us about some of the things as a leader as you're going through this transformation that you're doing differently. Let's just talk brand, doing it right, doing things differently, standing out from the crowd. There's a lot of leaders at American Airlines, right. but you stand out from the crowd by doing a few different things. What what are you doing? Um, so first thing, um, when I came into the role seven years ago was I started a weekly newsletter. Um, basically, I wanted to make sure everybody in the organization was kept informed uh, at the same time, with the same tone, same tenor, uh, so we didn't have this lapse in communication. Uh, because with the technology of email and, and, and other things, staying with the old methods of standard staff meetings and pass-downs just was a very long, drawn-out process. So if I could reach out to the team at a, at a personal level every week mm-hmm. and and let them know what's going on with our company, with our group, uh, with uh, individuals of the groups. Some nice things that are happening, new births and those sort of things. It, it really creates a more family feel for the organization. Now, what is it you do at American Airlines and how many people report to you? This team is how big? <laughs> so um, I'm managing director of one of the engineering organizations, engineering services. 
Uh, so we have a, a very wide spread within the organization, everything from our 24-7 engineering group to our, our heavy maintenance engineering and, and records organization. So we, we maintain the uh, aircraft throughout its life cycle, from taking them brand new from the factory to doing uh, lease and sales. So it's, it's, it's a very dynamic organization. We have a lot of, lot of different agencies within the group. And uh, I have right around 400 people right now. So, so the newsletter is not just a one-pager, is it? No, uh, it's, it's not necessarily a one-pager. Uh, it, it certainly is a couple hours worth of effort each week. Uh, to make sure the the employees are front and center. See, that's what I think is so interesting, that at a senior level, with the amount of uh, tasks that you have, that you would even think about taking the time to write a newsletter to give kudos to the team, to make sure they're getting, like you said, the information at the same time. That's that's something that's you've branded yourself. What do you call that newsletter? Group news. Group news. Well, that's what it is, isn't it? Yep. Pretty pretty easy. Well, I I bring that up because, Amanda, back to you. When I called you, I thought this was another standpoint that says why you won this award. I called you, if you remember, and I asked you if you wanted to be on the show and so forth. And and then I looked at your uh, LinkedIn profile, which I always do. And there was a little bit up, but not a lot. And, of course, in the branding work I do, that's one of the things that is really important. I make sure my clients have a fabulous LinkedIn summary. So what did I say to you and what did you do? <laughs> you said, Amanda, you got to get that done. And And how long did it take you to respond to me? Well, a little longer than I'd hoped. <laughs> it, it took about a fast. month. It took about a month and a half, I feel like. And you wrote an incredible LinkedIn summary. So that just, again, you know, standing out from the crowd, it's all about that at your young age. Uh, <laughs> Amanda, if you were to look out, let's say, mm, 20 years from now, what do you think you'll be doing? Gosh, that's a question I get asked so often, and I never really know. There's not an end point for me. There's not an end goal. Um, Never in a million years would I have thought that I would be in this position right now. Um, So I've just kind of opened my horizons. When I first started my degree, everyone was like, general manager is, you know, where you're going to be. It's, it's, you know, kind of your stopping point. But um, I feel like now general manager is not a stopping point for me. I, I really want to get into uh, corporate hospitality, into the management companies and ownership companies, um, and really make a difference in multiple hotels and, and not just in one. Did you know that you wanted to be in hospitality? Because so many young people, as I'm talking with them across the country, often say, I'm not sure, I don't know what I want to do. They're in college, and they're switching majors, and even out of college. I mean, even in careers, people say, I really didn't end up doing what I wanted to do. I think I'll change (laughs) careers. So how did you go about figuring out to get into the hospitality industry? Well, you know, when I was growing up, I wanted to be a teacher, a lawyer, a doctor, you know, I wanted to be all the the things that people want to be. And so in high school, I was dedicated to finding out what I wanted to do. 
So I took a teaching course and was like, oh, you know, I love kids, but maybe not that much. I, you know, I, I took a couple other courses in business and I really never really found the right thing. I wanted to be a party planner one day, a lawyer, you know, it was all over the place. And then I went to Oklahoma State University at a career fair and there was this girl in a white coat and she was talking about Disney World. And I was like, well, you know, at least I can just go and work at Disney World because that's the happiest place on earth. And then I started talking to her about what her program actually was in hotel and restaurant administration. And when I started studying it more, I realized that it was everything that I wanted to do. It was planning, it was teaching people, it was talking to different people every day, getting to know them, getting to know their story, making people comfortable. And that is, that's hotels, that's the industry. And so once I started my first job in hotels, I knew it was 100% for me. I lived right next door to the hotel and I was there more often than not because I wanted to be there all the time. I didn't, I didn't care if I was getting paid, which I was, but I wanted to be there. Well, now that you have some direct reports, how many do you have now? I have about 30 right now. So just about a month ago, I went from having four to having 30. Wow. Well, what's the hardest thing as a new manager about what you do? What's the hardest thing? Well, I think it's different for every manager, every leader. For me, the hardest part was my age. So everyone that I'm working with is around my age or even older than I am. And so making sure that they feel confident that I know what I'm doing, but also that I'm here for them. I'm not just here for the business. I'm not just here for the bottom line. I'm here to make sure that they are happy so that ultimately they can make our guests happy. Um, but it is difficult to walk that line of, yes, I am young. Yes, you are older than me, but hey, you need to listen to me. <laughs> oh, ho, ho. where'd that come from, Dad? I have no idea. <laughs> you said she's a twin and the bossy one? She, yes, she's always been the bossy twin. Absolutely. <laughs> um, what for you at this stage of your leadership is the hardest thing? in leading? Um, I think really it is um, each individual person and in each individual group has roadblocks that need to be removed. Mm -hmm. And it's trying not to do kind of a peanut butter spread approach to leadership. And it's really uh, finding out what the hot buttons are for that individual or that, that group mm -hmm. and removing those roadblocks. Uh, because it's it's not uh, their job to remove the roadblocks. It's the job of leadership. Mm. And it's just identifying what it isn't. And oftentimes the culture can be that uh, they assume nothing's going to change so they don't bring it up. Hmm. So it's a continual um, asking and defining what the roadblocks are and finding ways to remove them. Open communication. That's what yeah. you said earlier. Yeah. Amanda, do you have any questions for your dad? <laughs> Dad, are you buying me lunch today? I expect a Venmo. <laughs> okay, I'll do that. Valerie, there's, there's a question. Oh, good. We've got um, a question, Amanda. Get ready. Yeah. So, um, All right. 
the outcome you were talking about uh, saying yes to you know every situation that comes your way and um, the question is about like what was the outcome that kind of surprised you and kind of made you kind of, it was like an affirmation that you were doing the right thing by saying yes Oh yeah, that's great. The when I knew that it was the right thing for me to start saying yes was when we were kind of going through a transition at the property and because I had said yes to so many things, I was able to help everyone at any time and when our general manager started, our our corporate leader that I didn't even knew, know my name, came to me and was like, I heard you're my go-to gal. And I was like, yeah, that's right, I am. Wow, I love that, don't you? Yeah, that's pretty that. amazing. That's that's an awesome outcome to have. It's it's definitely an affirmation. <laughs> well, there's a, a, a book I often refer to, this isn't a plug, but kind of, Lynchpin. <laughs> and, and, and so it part, you know, what it's really saying is what's a linchpin? Well, in leadership, it's someone that is the go, <laughs> Amanda, you said it, is the go-to person that I can go to you, Amanda, in other words, and you'll either have the answer, or if you don't, you'll know where to get it. That's a linchpin. Mm -hmm. Right. So tell us more about about being a linchpin at uh, at the hotel there. What does that look like? It looks like a different thing every single day. Um, so what it is, it, it's me just having to find my priorities. Um, you know, do I do my job first or do I help, you know, accounting with their something or do I help human resources with their something? Um, it really it's really just always being around, always having my phone on me, always making sure that I'm answering questions or finding the answer. A lot of times it means working more than a teacher would sometimes for, at here. Uh, sometimes I spend 12 hours here and I just totally even forget how long it's even been. I forget that I haven't had lunch, um, but I really, I, it doesn't bother me at all because I'm here and I know that I'm making a difference. Okay, so I'm going to ask you a question. Just yesterday, I was doing a webinar for um, UPS, and they are using uh, my book, Monday Morning Leadership, for their leadership initiative. So I had all these people on the webinar, and they were asking questions about, these were all uh, mer emerging leaders, they were asking questions about uh, leadership. And one of the questions was this, Amanda, see what you would have said. It was a young lady who said, what do I do? I am a yes person. I do want to help everyone. I do have direct reports. And I'm getting overwhelmed because I'm saying yes. So her specific question was, you know, my some of people come to me and they, they want to have some professional development. And they're looking to me for that. And they, they want all these ideas and, and so forth. And so how do I balance, the point was, how do I balance taking time for everyone, which then is overwhelming for me in the work that I'm trying. Mark, do you get this? You get Absolutely. it too? Yes. Yeah. You might have some wisdom too. So let's see what Amanda says, and I'm going to ask you the same okay. question. So it is that work-life balance. And let's face it, we're living in such a fast-paced world, and I don't know anyone that isn't doing tons of work and it's only getting more that's why it's called work <laughs> so that's my question how do you balance caring really caring for your people and being there for them but still having balance 
for yourself? Yeah, well, I, I might or might not be a type A personality. So I might have a few planners that I utilize. And I every morning I, I sit down and I plan out my day. I said, what is the top thing that needs to get done? And then when something comes in in the middle of the day and you know, someone really needs me, what can I push around? Um, what can I save until later? What can I save till tomorrow? Or what can I, you know, have someone else do delegate something else um, to work on? And I really try and set, you know, strict boundaries. So I'll say, you know, today I'm going home at 7pm. And everyone knows that today I'm going home at 7pm. But if you need me at 650, I'll be there. And, you know, we'll do whatever we can. So really, it's just it's planning your time. And, you know, don't stress yourself out if you can't get everything done in a day. That's, you know, that's why we work five days a week, six days a week, because there's no job that you can get everything done in a single day. I think that's a good lesson right there. You just can't do it all, all the time. Things happen. Mm -hmm. I have my planner yeah. and I've got it planned and then something happens. <laughs> Those were some really great pearls of wisdom already. Um, Mark, what would you add to that? Um, balance so one of the things that I, I like to do is uh, whenever I'm meeting with with one of my team members or even someone outside my team mm -hmm. who, who wants uh, say some mentoring or or something like that uh, uh, the first session is more of a triage to find out what their true needs are and then oftentimes what I'll do is I will um, really introduce them to, to one of my one of my uh, senior managers perhaps who is really excellent in, in the mentoring roles and have them start the process and go through that where they have a very defined 10, 12-week process mm -hmm. of mentoring and, and then taking it to the next level because then you start to ascertain what their real interest is relative to, hey, I want to be mentored, but they don't know what it entails, yeah. to having a formal process and seeing if they want to go to the next level after they've been through the first levels that's really so it's, it's really using uh, my team to to my advantage to help the rest of the organization and, and that takes getting to know each individual person Correct. which you yes. told me when we were working together and you also talked mark about um, consistency Amanda this is important too right being a consistent leader I mean even the consistency in in you writing this group news you've written how many now 399 <laughs> one more to hit 400 one more to get 400 and they come out every week every week on saturday and so guess what once you start that you have to be consistent. exactly i cannot miss a day now <laughs> what does consistency mean though in a leader what are we really talking about i let's say i am saying to amanda a young emerging leader you know one of the things about leadership is always do it right by being consistent. So, Mark, talk to us about that. Consistency really, really represents uh, predictability. Mm. Uh, so, anybody who who interfaces with you knows what you're going to react to, how you're going to react, and it will be that way each and every time. Uh, because if you are inconsistent, uh, it's going to demonstrate itself through your work output. It's going to demonstrate itself through. Uh, the reactions you get from folks and and uh, the interactions you get you know it's so much about um, thank you for that it's so much about again what this show is about is authenticity if you're if you are up one day and down the next or I walk into your office and I'm not sure what I'm going to get and that happens a lot doesn't it yes. so 
I don't know, they can call it emotional intelligence, you can call it consistency, you can call it whatever, but uh, being, being just being real and, and showing up the same way every day so you're not scaring people. It's about uh, having control of your emotions and, and really there um, you go. Uh, being composed. In there fact, uh, Amanda's husband is working with one of his professors, and he's authored a book on being composed as a leader. Really? So, not not to put a plug in for his book, but you know. <laughs> well, and and I, that's interesting. I use the words grace under fire, and that's not easy. Mm-hmm. When things are going ah, to just mm, maintain that grace under fire, it's a it's a lot about emotional intelligence, which is a big topic right now. So, gosh, Amanda, we've talked about a lot of things. Any other pearls of wisdom you'd throw out to? Um, to the audience here that's helped you be successful? I mean, you know, it hasn't directly impacted me, but I've seen a lot of my friends that I graduated with not really know what they're doing and, you know, kind of stressed about their careers. And, you know, what I just hope that everyone knows is if you're not happy in your career, it's okay to change. Find somewhere that is right for you and find the company that you fit into because when you find that match that is when you know perfection is going to happen you're going to love what you're doing your company's going to love what you're doing and that's how you have a wonderful life that's how you start to create a work-life balance if you're happy at work and you're happy at home that's balance and you know thank you that's perfect i'll add one more thing to it and that is it shouldn't be all about money because, right, if it's all about money and, and you're a young person that says, well, I'm going to make a lot of money, uh, well, good luck. I believe with all my heart that, you know, if you're doing something well and it's, it's what you have gifts for and talents for and strengths, money will be there. But to say money mm-hmm. first, you might end up with something what we call the golden handcuffs. And then you're making so much money, you don't want to leave but you're there because you're making a lot of money and then what else, you know, and you just get in this triangle. Any other further thoughts you want to share with your daughter, Mark? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Certainly I probably need to be calling her more and giving her more books to read. (laughs) She clearly has way too much time on her hands. (laughs) (laughs) I think you're right. Amanda, Mark, it's been such fun to have you both on the show. This happened kind of organically and I think it's been great fun. And so I'm going to ask, in closing, again, you listeners, if there's someone that you know that is doing things right at a level that is impacting a lot of people, we need to talk to them. We need to hear from them. So you just email me at Valerie, V-A-L-E-R-I-E, at ValerieAndCompany.com. That's Valerie at ValerieAndCompany.com. And don't forget to sign up for our monthly, quick, inspiring, and pithy newsletters called Valerie's Voice. You can get to that by going to the website ValerieAndCompany.com. Until next time, stay authentic and do it right. Thanks for listening. To receive Valerie's Voice, free monthly leadership tips, and to learn more about her leadership programs and coaching, visit her website ValerieAndCompany.com. Next week, we'll be here again to inspire, engage, and equip you with teachable points of view from successful leaders who have been doing it right. Until then, lead authentically.